what we're looking here for is to, is really a, a totally new way that the children are bringing forth totally organically. And it's really our job as adults, mentors, teachers, parents, to get out of the way and to see how we can improve our own vibration and alignment. And that transmission will naturally carry Welcome to the Sovereign Society podcast, a sacred lifestyle sanctuary empowering you to honor the journey, trust the process, and radiate your radness. I'm your host, Sabrina Riccio, soulful business mentor, kundalini yoga teacher, and modern medicine priestess who's on a mission to anchor heaven on earth in this golden era. Join me every week as I'll be sharing with you real talk conversations with some of my favorite sacred disruptors, modern mystics, and soulpreneurs. We are a collective of conscious creators who understand that life is happening for us, not to us. As our contribution to the evolution of humanity, we are honored to share with you all things social justice, personal empowerment, and what it takes for you to activate your legacy. From the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for tuning in and supporting the Sovereign Society podcast. Prepare yourself because the journey to reclaim your power awaits. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Sovereign Society podcast. I'm your spirit guide, Sabrina Riccio, and I'm beyond thrilled to be sharing with you this episode with Zachariah Fisher of the Peace Guardians. So as you know, I am so passionate about cultivating a conscious tomorrow today, and I'm so inspired by children. Ever since I was a little girl, I wanted to be a pediatrician and a mom and all of these things. And you know, as I'm approaching 30 and feeling more of like my hormones bursting and being like, oh my gosh, motherhood and all these things. I think a lot about the future of our kids and the way that the current systems are set up. And as of now, like, you know, I just, I see the school system as such an outdated, um, an outdated system. And you're seeing more and more people homeschooling and, you know, going to Montessori schools and, but not everyone has these opportunities. And so it was really important for me to talk with Zachariah about not just like the people of privilege who have the opportunity to go to homeschooling or do homeschooling, and how we can bring this opportunity for people in inner city youth, you know, in inner city families, an opportunity to get this, the education or the opportunity to work with these practices because you know when I first discovered the Peace Guardians it was back at Bhakti Fest about three years ago and it's just been amazing to see the evolution and their commitment to the future tomorrow today and this this cultivating conscious generation and so that was really important for me but it was really great to know that they're doing a GoFundMe right now to really activate within and in the communities an opportunity to spread this message beyond Los Angeles and to cultivate online programs and to continue to give back to the inner city youth and to be able to support the families and so I just know for me a huge part of my work as to why I've shifted into business uh, school and business training right now uh, and to share my my knowledge and my wisdom is because I'm working on cultivating this new wave of spiritual teachers and leaders who can build their own business so that they can be more present in their children's lives because I know if anyone I talk to and I know in my experience my parents were never around they were working and they still continue to work 14 hour days every day and I just want to help instill an opportunity for families to come together and to be present and 
to not just be tied to the nine to five and just to see families grow together. And there's just been a huge wave of ancestral healing work and inner child healing. And I also feel like babies are coming later or they're just, they know like they're coming in once, you know, people are like really clearing their shit and doing the work because they don't want to be dealing with the ancestral healing anymore. And I, it's just been really amazing to be a sociologist and watching uh, this new culture and the new generation really coming through and to see parents being more conscious and, you know, really allowing kids to express themselves and it's just, it's just a beautiful time to be alive, and I'm so grateful for it. So if you don't know what the Peace Guardians, who they are, what they do, they have this really beautiful coalition of youth educators and parents and community leaders and entrepreneurs and artists alike to, who come together, and they're here to empower our future generations, you know, because... We know that leadership is shifting and there is this time for us to bring solutions. Like we can't we can't fix the old. We have to create a new. And that is part of the mission of what Peace Guardians are doing. And they're very passionate about youth enrichment. And they all have this really deep shared concern about the problems the youth are facing today. So a huge part of the work that they do is to bring this deeper awareness in in social reality and their emotional well-being and to be able to understand that the way that the school system is right now, it really doesn't address the whole child and it undervalues its teachers. Like, you know, we live in a time where teachers have to pay for their own school supplies for their kids. And a lot of parents, like, they just drop off their kids, you know, at schools and expect their teachers to handle it or take care of it. And there needs to be that deeper connection between parent and child. But if the parent still has a lot of deep wounding of their childhood, they're not going to be able to be fully present for their kids. I know that for a fact. I've seen it. And, It's just, I know that's been a huge part of my work, like for me healing myself so that my kids don't have to go through the same bullshit that I had to, or they're trapped with my bullshit, right? We're clearing the ancestral karma. Like this is the work that we've been called to do over the years. And so what they're doing is just so incredible to see, you know, the future is so bright for these kids and this opportunity of these kids who want to make a difference. And they're so woke to the times. They're so hypersensitive. They're so clear. They're so aware. And they're teaching us. We have to remember these kids are teaching us on how to be more compassionate, more kind, um, how to really, you know, go beyond like our own heads, right? We get so caught up and we become jaded over time through trauma, pain, through society, through templating and through all this conditioning but groups like peace guardians they have this opportunity to really help kids express who they are and to just bring this global movement of being global citizens for these children becoming global citizens so in this episode i talked a lot about you know we talked a lot about the, the journey and the passion and the mission and purpose of Peace Guardians. And we talked how Zachariah really embraced his hero's journey to cultivate the Peace Guardians and the evolution of parenting in this new paradigm and how, you know, people are really waking up and doing the work and we're bringing more conscious families into this reality. 
We also talked about the collapse of the outdated school system and the cultivation of the new, which is something that I've been so interested in since the LA uh, teacher strike. And I had one of my best friends from college. She's an LA Unified School District teacher, and she was on the picket lines protesting. And, you know, this is, we need to really understand that we need to help start funding these schools and to bring more of this movement and this awareness to these children. We also talked about the power of the subconscious when it comes to learning and understanding how we're multi-sensory beings. It's more than just what we read, but it's what we feel and the energetic resonance of how we learn. We also talked about what real leadership is about and this idea of holistic leadership, which you know is like totally my jam. And one of my favorite things about the Peace Guardians is that they, a lot of the teachings that they do through the Guardians Quest is really rooted in a lot of Joseph Campbell's uh, The Hero's Journey that we find in The Power of Myth. And so it was awesome talking about how mythology has evolved into this modern day through The Hero's Journey. And that, hands down, was the book that changed the trajectory of my life. Like, that one for sure. I just love the idea of The Hero's Journey and the mythology. Very similar to The Alchemist in that realm. And going from there, we also talked about, you know, seeing the centeredness and helping these children cultivate centeredness um, so that they can find more peace and more stillness in this hyper reality, hypersensitivity, and understanding the importance of bringing in nature and movement into a world that is so dominated by technology. And uh, we also talked about bringing the medicine of in, to inner city youth and to their families at large, which I'm so passionate about because those are the people that need it most. And, you know, with the recent death of Nipsey Hussle in LA, like he was, he's, he's, you know, rest in power and he's working on the other side and the amount of work that he did to Crenshaw and to the inner city, you know, of bringing awareness and spirituality and things like that, like, you watch like I just see the inner cities and these places that don't have as much of the privilege you know a lot of these marginalized places those are going to be the ones to watch because there's gonna be massive shifts happening I have so much faith in that and lastly we talked about the power of collaboration through movement via this new program that they've created called kin flow and it's just so cool to see what they're doing and how they're really showing up and how they're really answering the call because what Kinflow is, it's like a new sport that they've created, which is like this this flow state game that really promotes coordination while developing this like hand-eye coordination, agility, and the multifaceted physical, mental, and emotional skill set. So it's all about community and really shifting the way that sports are. Because I know for me, around sports as a kid, like being picked last, you know, or things like that, that really affected my self-esteem. So to see these kids come together as a community uh, and a collective to really bring forth this game, it's so amazing to see how, how they're feeling more empowered and inspired to go from there. And so I'm really excited about this episode. If you feel moved by it, I really invite you to go forth and donate to the Peace Guardians and on their GoFundMe, which is the link is 
below because they're working on bringing this more of this education. And before we dive in, I just want to say thank you to those of you who've been leaving reviews for the Sovereign Society podcast. We're almost at 200 ratings. We're, we're, we gotta, we got to stretch there, but this helps bring the podcast to more people and to bring the education because you know how, pow- how empowered I am and how inspired I am to share this medicine with the world. So you, if, I get emails and messages from you guys all the time how the podcast has been such a major catalyst for your healing, and I am so moved by that. And if you can just have a few minutes of your time, especially if you listen on iTunes, to leave a rating and review, it helps bring the medicine and the message more to the people who need it. So I just want to read a review from Crystal Lioness, one of her new favorites. This chick keeps it so real and relevant, a wise and refreshing approach of spirituality, business, and feminine power. Highly recommended. Wahe Guru, thank you so much for your kind words and for tuning in and for sharing the message. So again, if you're inspired and you feel activated from this podcast, please leave a review and a rating. It really helps uh, get the message out and it really is that spark of joy when sometimes I just want to throw my computer against the wall. (laughs) And I'm like, no, there's people who are actually being served from this podcast. So it really helps me just when the going gets tough to keep going. So without further ado, I'm so excited to be sharing with you this episode of the Sovereign Society podcast with Zachariah Fisher of the Peace Guardians, and we call this episode The Guardian's Quest for a Conscious Tomorrow. So thanks for tuning in and enjoy. Hello, 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 and welcome to this episode of the Sovereign Society podcast. I'm actually been patiently waiting for this one because everyone knows my mission is to cultivate a conscious tomorrow today. And what I have today is a conversation for you all, especially for those of you who understand the importance and the call for the children and leaders of tomorrow. And so today with me, I have Zachariah Fisher of the Peace Guardians, and they are this incredible organization that's really helping kids embody who they are and to be in that space of truth and to really just discover who they are in all forms, embracing all facets of them and their creativity and things that we're really missing in our schools today. So I just wanna say thank you so much for doing this work and this commitment with your organization. And again, I'm just so thrilled to have this conversation. It's an honor to be here, Sabrina, I'm excited. Yes. Okay. So I want to know, like, what was the drive for you to start the Peace Guardians? Like, what was, what was it being like enough? I need to step up and show up and really come out and support these children. Yeah. So it's a, my own hero's journey, which is embedded into the program itself. Um, I grew up without a father. So I always had that gap in my heart and was drawn towards mentorship at a very young age. So I would coach and and mentor kids even when I was a kid. And when I became a teen, I started working more in sports and coaching and studied at UCLA. I went went on to become a PE teacher. I was the youngest PE teacher at the time in, in the LAUSD. And there was just a natural bond there. I felt that, um, there was like an unspoken connection between myself and children that they looked to me for guidance and um, just to help them express and get to know their own innate powers in ways that maybe their families or society and school structure wasn't supporting and, and nurturing. Mm-hmm. And so I noticed that from a young age that there was a, a just, it was just a natural calling towards that. 
Um, I ended up walking on a different path for about a decade for um, in my 20s. I went down a corporate America path, very um, different. What we're, told, what we're told we're supposed to do. Exactly. <laughs> you know, chasing after uh, the cars and the, the money and, and just I went down a, a very different path, admittedly. And I think that was important for me to um, to lose myself in that way. Um, and to know, um, you know, taking the fish out of the water to really appreciate when you feel in, in your dharmic space, when you know when you're in your purpose versus not. I think that contrast is important. And so um, I was just in a deep state of, of feeling um, really lost with my purpose. I didn't feel aligned with my purpose. Mm-hmm. And for years, I was praying and meditating and, and doing all sorts of uh, practices to find my alignment again and find myself and I, I remember I was in Costa Rica with my dear brother and friend and teacher Saul David Ray who's an mm. amazing yoga teacher and just amazing human Incredible. being. <laughs> yeah, love love Saul really was a, a, a integral piece in me getting back to my, my dharma and I was out there just praying I said spirit please just just show me the way. And, you know, there's coconuts all around. And so the coconut mythology and symbology was just crack open the coconut of my heart and whatever nectar pours through, I surrender with tremendous grace and appreciation. I don't care what it looks like. And the messages in my dreams and in my my waking life was kept coming back to the children. I saw the children in Costa Rica. I saw the children in my travels. And I remembered that connection I had from a young age. And I felt this, um, and I feel this sacred call to protect their innocence and protect, uh, it's almost like they're looking to certain um, elders that can see them in the way that they need to be seen and nurtured in the way they need to be nurtured. And I feel um, that they were looking to me for that. And so long story short, I made a promise to Saul that I would start working with children when I got back. I had no idea how this would happen. Um, because I was entrenched in the corporate world and had a very large overhead and didn't know where to start. And so um, I, I put an event together at my house a month after getting back from Costa Rica that homeschool moms rallied and helped uh, create this event. And again, I had no idea how to actually build anything with structure and foundation in this way, but I did it. And I remember the event was a huge success. Um, and I remember it enlivening my heart in ways I hadn't felt in years. And the next day I drove um, to my corporate job. I looked at a picture from the event. I'll never forget the picture. It was of a little girl named Somali and she had her fist up and she was looking at this camera with power and wisdom. And I just started bawling because I knew that I could no longer live this dualistic life i had to make a choice and a few months later i ended up leaving my my corporate world and starting a a youth organization from the ground up with a friend of mine and i haven't looked back since that was three years ago yeah because i remember seeing you guys at um bhakti fest a couple years ago i live in joshua tree so it was just like down the street you know and I remember seeing what you guys were doing and I've been so passionate about children my whole life. Like when I was younger, I wanted to be a pediatrician. And I know even today, like the work that I'm going to be doing is cultivating, helping conscious families and things like that. And 
I just think there's this massive wave of these kids that in a, in the way that the society is right now, they're not really being seen. And I like to say that these kids today are like from a new millennia. They, you know, it's like, think about now, if they were born in 2000, they're 19, like now they're adults. And so these new kids are coming post 2012 and they're so wise and there's so much wisdom that they carry that, you know, the old systems, they're kind of crumbling down right now. And we're seeing like more people wanting to homeschool. We're seeing more people like understanding that, you know, the school systems, they're just, it's like um, they're machines. Like they want to just produce machines. And I think, I feel like we live in this time where creativity is the driving force for everything. You know, that's why we came here to really create and we came here to really make this world better than when we got here. And so I would love to hear what you're seeing with like more, you know, the wave of these kids coming in and the parents that are also being more conscious because I feel like more parents are also um, doing more of the work, you know, before they're having children and they really are teaching their kids today, like what it means to be compassionate, what it means. It reminds me of like Yogananda's life school that he had, you know, and just seeing, you know, what is, how, how can we be better humans? And I don't think they, they really teach that in school. Oh, there's a lot in there. <laughs> I love everything. I love where you're, I feel the integrity and the care and what you're sharing. I think it's, so for one, we have 200 million years of evolution um, that's been building the biology for our refinement and precision um, to really take dominion over, over the earth. That's the way the human brain mind has been developed. The work of Joseph, Joseph Chilton Pierce, highly recommend for anyone that's very passionate about this. Uh, he's got a few amazing books. Um, the one that I uh, have dove into is called The Magical Child. And essentially, he talks about how biology has set us up for success. And the systems in place are set up to really build conformity and conditioning in ways that serve um, a paradigm that is completely outdated. So you have millions of years of evolution, and then you have really the last 20 years of exponential growth curve, which in many respects, you have the internet to thank. The, the amount of access and information and awareness is exponentially unprecedented. And so you're seeing parents, um, you know, have more exposure to this consciousness and awareness. And you're seeing children coming through, whether it's, you know, call them indigo or crystal or rainbow mm -hmm. children. I mean, I think, you know, I'm, I'm hesitant to say that children now are wiser than they were, you know, 200 years ago, I think, I think the wisdom within children is there, but the exposure and the awareness and ability to express that wisdom is unprecedented in these times. And so, yeah, the, the structures that are falling apart, and we just saw, you know, Notre Dame Cathedral and, and you know, that, the symbology of that, I mean, that, that was like out of a movie. Mm -hmm. um, you're seeing them collapse. And, you know, one thing I'll say is I'm not a big fan of trying to reform systems um, or anything having to do with uh, taking a system and trying to rework it. As Einstein says, you can't solve a problem at the same level of thinking that created it. Totally. What we're looking here for is, to, is really a, a totally new way that the children are bringing forth totally organically. And it's really our job as adults, mentors, teachers, parents to get out of the way 
and to see how we can improve our own vibration and alignment and that transmission will naturally carry forward. Like I can feel there's more questions. So I'll, I'll, I'll pause there, but I love, <laughs> I love, you know, I could talk about this. No, I, I love it. I mean, like I said, I just, I'm very passionate about this because I see the kids, you know, I came from a very large family. My dad's one of eight and there was 15 cousins and I'm number four. And so I've seen, you know, the different waves of kids coming in different ages, you know, and seeing where I was versus like where I have cousins that are like in high school now and the way that they, the processes that they think. And, you know, these kids, like you said, they're very aware and they're very like aware, like they're, they know that they're here for a purpose. Yeah. And they know that they're here to really like influence the world. Yeah. Big time. Is there, is there a question there? I mean, I, no, I'm just, I'm just like, I, I'm just, every time I think of it, I, it just takes my breath away. Like I have so much faith in our future because of our children, you know, mm. and, that I will say, um, that, so I'm blessed to be able to work with children on basically a daily basis and from different walks of life, whether it's inner city kids or more, more mm -hmm. urban, I, I, I'm seeing it, uh, um, you know, boots on the ground. And it really, as much as the world and its systems and the atrocities and tragedies are, I mean, just inexplicable, my, my personal faith is growing stronger every day for the exact reason you just shared. Mm -hmm. They are bringing forth the blueprint for the new world, for the new earth. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, you know, really what, what the call for me is less of it's less of how we educate children and more of how we educate ourselves because 95, the, the research has been done that 95% of learning happens on a subconscious, not at least 95% happens on a subconscious level. Mm. And that doesn't, I mean, we're talking just passing somebody on the street, just the transmission, the socio intellectual biological transmission that occurs unspoken behaviorally um, is where learning occurs in mimicry and imitation in um, emotional awareness. It's not in what we're conditioning and what we're teaching and what we're saying you must do. That goes in one ear and out the other. The retention rates on that are almost 0%. So the point is that it's not for me so much about how we can improve our how we educate children as it is how we really take accountability and awareness of our own vibrational hygiene. Right. And, and how that naturally transmits to children um, is where the learning occurs. Well, especially because the subconscious is formed by the age of seven. So those first right. developmental years are what is really shaping the rest of the lives. And I just, I, you know, seeing the world today in Kundalini Yoga, I talk about, we talk about all the time how like most, most of the leaders that are very corrupt and these painful leaders, they're all stuck in the upper chakras because they have such tormented tra like traumatizing childhoods from the mm -hmm. lower three chakras so from zero to 22 the energy can't rise they can't be in that that foundational space since the lower three chakras represent the physical reality and the upper three represent the spiritual reality so those first 21 22 years are really what's setting precedent for the rest of their lives and so i love that you know you you guys are serving children of all ages yeah, I mean, for sure, zero to three is, from my understanding, like the majority of all of our learning happens there. And then three to seven is pretty much formed. 
Um, now, obviously, there's some malleability. Um, I know, you know, as adults, we, we can transform, but it's, it does take a lot more mm-hmm. practice and discipline and, and, and time. Um, typically, it's pretty calcified, at, as you said, about, you know, age 21 and, and above. Um, yeah, and it's interesting you, you brought up leadership. That, that really is a, a core ethos of Peace Guardians is um, really cultivating conscious leaders for future generations. And leadership is obviously can look in so many ways. A leader does not need to be even a public uh, figure or extroverted. A, a leader could be someone that's just, you know, doing something in their in their community and, and working in collaboration with others is leadership. It, it's not, a, I think we're, we're moving out of the singular paradigm of leadership and really into more of a collaborative model of holistic leadership. Um, and yeah, just going back to one piece as well, that you see leaders, um, political leaders and whatnot, typically we're always turning to violence as, as a first resort to responding to issues. And this is actually a core uh, ethos in childhood development, is if a child isn't given the, the space and the freedom and the, and the nurturing um, environment to express healthy imagination at a very young age, then the natural response to unwanted stimuli, unwanted input, the first knee-jerk response is gonna be violence. And so you can trace all this back, whether it's Trump or anybody else, you want to trace it all back, you could find that seed in childhood mm. where their imagination was stifled. And then the first response reaction is more egocentric and violence because mm-hmm. they don't have the creative um, faculties to, to find creative solutions. Yeah, and that's that's where anytime I see it, it's just I see it as an opportunity just to bless and to be more compassionate, you know, and. I like, I like send love to that inner child because I just, that's all I see is just this complete disconnection of like, especially the first two chakras, you know, and with them and just, I just blast them with love because we're all in this together, you know? And so if, and rather than like blaming or pointing fingers, it's like, how can I just love more and like give that support? Cause it's just cries for help, you know? And that's, that's how I do my best to keep sane with all this shit going on. Yeah. Yeah. And just doing what you're doing, like, you know, the, the spreading this light and information and love through your podcast and through your dharmic path. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's ultimately what the call is for. It's less about trying to move the images on the screen to look a certain way and more right. about how can I build something in my community that um will have a ripple effect naturally and and just let that take care of itself so so you're doing it thank you for seeing me brother because it's just i i believe in depth i can't do surface level shit like (laughs) i appreciate that we can curse you so i have to see which audience i can actually uh share this podcast with now I'm just about, I just, you know, I just feel no, it's like good. I curse. we're <laughs> here, we're here to like really enrich each other. And that enrichment comes with depth. It doesn't come with the surface yeah. level. You know, it's going deep at the core. It's about going, like really honoring the root of who we are, like these spiritual beings having this human experience. And so with that, I want to talk a little bit more about what you guys are doing as the Peace Guardians, talking about um, the different programs and what you're really bringing forth for this youth enrichment and to really 
share. So I love that, you know, a huge part of your ethos is also the guardian's quest, because like I said, Joseph Campbell, power of myth, like I go, I go back to the hero's journey all the time. Like that is, I, it just, it's everything, you know, and we're on this quest. We're on this journey. We see it throughout all mythology. We see it, you know, this is, this is ancestral really like this, this knowing we, like you were saying, like we've just updated it, you know, and in, in this new paradigm. So I would love for you to talk about the guardian's quest and the ethos really of the peace guardians. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Joseph Campbell, power of myth, hero of a thousand faces, um, were instrumental in my development. And, you know, we see, uh, society being so drawn to mythology and the current mythology is really, uh, movies and television, uh, video games, you know, this story, these archetypes being played out through millennia, whether it's ancient Greece or Rome, I mean, to, to African tribes, I mean, the it, Native American story mythology, you see it played over and over again. And there's a draw to watching this, this hero go through these certain stages that Joseph Campbell has, uh, you know, pointed out so articulately. And, you know, looking at that, what we've lost really in our culture is our own personal rites of passage and our own personal coming of age. So we tend to um, observe that in, in others, in other heroes or athletes or stars or movies. And while there could be value in seeing the, 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 the stories of others, for, for sure, ultimately, what I believe we're all looking for is to be the hero of our own story. And again, going back to leadership, that doesn't need to look any certain way. You don't need to be a fireman or a policeman or save lives to be a hero. You know, you could be a hero by sharing your, your medicine and your music with others. Uh, whatever it looks like is, is perfectly valid. Um, so the Guardians Quest essentially took our team and want to be real mindful that Peace Guardians is a, uh, is a collaborative model. Um, I have amazing colleagues and 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 mentors and, and team members that have helped form the pedagogy and uh, essence of what Peace Guardians is about. And so the Guardians Quest was a collaboration of a variety of us that essentially um, is eight values that follow the archetype of the hero's journey. And so it also is, corresponds with the chakras as well. And so wonder is what begins the journey. And wonder obviously is, is really the essence of what a child comes into the world with. I mean, they're constantly in a state of curiosity and, and, and awe and wonder of the world around them. And that's how we learn is through discovery and exploration following that thread of wonder. And so wonder is really that call to adventure that you find the hero go through. There's something more. They're living in the status quo and they see the world going around about them, but they're drawn to something bigger. And that draw is biologically built within us to find our purpose, I believe. Totally. Pause there. There's a lot, there's a, we could go to each one. Um, there's eight. Shall I continue? Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. The next one, then we call wonder is the soul star. And that's really the um, kind of the, the call to, to discovering our, our essence. Um, and then we go into trust. So to move out of the ordinary world into the unknown, into the extraordinary, does require trust. And that's actually really connected to our root chakra, 
is feeling that sense of, of rootedness and trust. Mm -hmm. And then, and then our next stage that we move on is creativity. Now that we're in this new world, we have to learn from mentors and learn, and this is seen in Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, Hunger Games, I mean, on and on, you see this happen. They find a mentor and they have to find creative ways to express themselves. The next, the next part that we move up to is actually sacral. And this is our passion, which is what Joseph Campbell calls following our bliss. Mm -hmm. And that's finding those, those things that bring us the most joy, which is obviously essential in the discovery of our purpose is what brings us most alive as, as Howard Thurman says, seek not what, uh, what the world needs, seek what brings you most alive because what the world needs is people that have come alive. Right. And so, and so that's passion. And then we move into a space that really doesn't get talked a lot about in, in school. And I feel like, I mean, instead of learning, you know, geometry and, and, and um, algebra that probably goes in one year out the other, not to say that we don't need that, but vulnerability is something that's not really taught in schools. And so vulnerability, we, we correlate that with the heart chakra. And that in a lot of ways is our innermost dragon or the innermost, or forgive me, the innermost cave, and, and really feeling into being seen. This is who I am, um, um, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and creating safe environments for children to, to express their vulnerability, I think is really essential. And mind you, all of these that I'm moving up, and I'll, I'll go through the final three, they all um, correspond with different, val with, uh, different activities, different games, different sensory experiences to bring these values to life so it's not moving out of intellect and into embodiment so it can really be retained on a cellular level well that's and this, okay and real fast i think because you know when we do so much of the work like again kundalini like the work up taking action is the masculine energy when we go up the chakras but the thing that we're missing the most is the embodiment of the feminine and the, uh, the energy coming back down and like being that vessel to receive, you know, we've done mm. the work, we've put in the work, but how do we receive? And I think a lot of that comes from that vulnerability that comes from the worth and all of that. I just, that just came through and I wanted to, to share that. Cause I think that's a huge piece that a lot of people are missing. Like, you know, we go on the journey, we go on the quest, but like, it's also there comes a time to reap the benefits of doing the hard work and a lot of time have a a lot of people have a difficult time receiving in that that's stage very well said yeah and and that stage right there in vulnerability is an essential bridge to receiving i know right. for me the most wisdom that i've ever received is when i've just gone up to the universe and cried with my arms open and be like i am completely a baby i know nothing Everything I've tried hasn't worked. I'm banging my head against the wall. Yeah. Really that, that level of humility and vulnerability is what creates the space for the innate wisdom that's already within us to, you know. Us to get out of our own way. Totally, totally. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and that tabula rasa, beginner's mind, is really uh, a big piece of how we, how I teach and how our classes tend to, um, yeah, tend to go. So, yeah, just moving up to complete the, the, the quest, which is the ethos of, of Peace Guardians, is we go from the heart and then we go into the throat. And this is um, the stage where we've, we've got to face our dragons. And these are, you know, you call them the inner demons or really what they are, in my opinion, is it's, it's our limiting false beliefs that keep us in a shell of ego as compared to feeling our interconnectedness with the whole, 
which is also essential to knowing, <clears throat> knowing our ultimate purpose. And so we call this stage courage, the courage to express our treasures, to express our gifts. Mm-hmm. And, um, and sometimes that comes through, you know, vocally and, um, and sometimes it doesn't, but we, we've correlated that with moving up into the throat. Yeah. To me, that's just like the truth, like you really sharing your truth, you know, and being able to be in that space vulnerably, like you said, vulnerably was right below that. But if you're able to express your truth and embody your truth, you can start to really see truth. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Um, and then, and then now, now we're in the road back. So we've, we found our treasure or at least one of our treasures and we have many treasures and and mind you, this is not a cycle that completes and then it just ends. It goes, it repeats itself over and over again as, as a spiral as we evolve. And so the next piece is the road back home, which is, we call that vision, which is, you know, the, you know, the third eye. And essentially the vision is how do we take all that we've learned from our mentors, from our vulnerability, from facing our, our dragons. And like for me, for instance, is like, how do I go from feeling totally lost to finding my purpose with kids? And how do I bring that in a, in a digestible and in, uh, in a way that can integrate and, and be practical? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one thing to know these things and even to embody these things. It's another thing to be able to share them in a tangible way. Totally. So that takes vision. You had to have vision for your podcast. You had all these ideas and you had all of this passion and all these life experiences and heartbreaks and heart open. I mean, all those lessons in life. But now how do you actually tangibly share that and not just sit there with all this energy of, to give? You find something that is your way. You know, like many people, we find our gifts and the way to, to share those gifts. And then finally is, is, the, is, is returning home. And the return home is, is the, the crown, and that is purpose, which mm. is really the essence of it all is, is the, in Sanskrit, it's called dharma. And, um, and purpose typically always has to do with sharing our gifts for the betterment of the collective. Mm-hmm. I love that. Such a beautiful journey. So how are you seeing this? Because you said you've been doing this for three years. How have you been seeing this ethos, this this project really shifting the lives of these children? That's a great question. Yeah, so I've had the, the privilege of seeing them develop over, over the years. You know, some children we've worked with for three years. And one thing that I think the, the core thing that repeats itself over and over again would be a, a feeling of seeing a centeredness in the child, and I'll explain what I mean by that. Um, a lot of times children have um, all of this pent up energy and it, it can be really frenetic and there's you know, screaming and running and yelling. And what I've seen through time in our program is yes, that energy is still there and yes, they run around, you know, act you know, wild. Like children. <laughs> which is, you know, it's perfect. But there is something to be said Yes, we want to have wild, free expression, but without the ability to come back to stillness and centeredness, um, inner calm, peace, whatever you want to call it, um, then that energy tends to get very dissipated. And that can be seen, I mean, there's many examples of that in life. And so what I've seen, if if I were to pinpoint one thing, I'd say children that are in our program 
uh, in my observation, are finding their own entunement with their center, which is already inbuilt and natural within them, but because society doesn't necessarily nurture that, they have to act it out. They have to like spasm. See me, see me. yeah, totally. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And now it's less see me and it's more, I'm seeing myself. And so I can be more calm in this space. I love that. Yeah. And it's, it's just really amazing. Cause like, you know, like I said, going to festivals, I've been, I was a music journalist for five years and, and been on the festival scene for 10 years now. And I just, you know, it's cool seeing like what the, what like the playground you guys have created at these gathering spaces, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I, it, it can be like, I don't know, my life has changed dramatically from festival culture, you know, and that's like my people yeah. that that's, my closest friends are people that I've like gone to festivals with or I've met at festivals. And I want to know that like we have, so we have this contained environment of like a festival gathering, you know, and yeah. a lot of like, you know, it's, 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 it can be pricey and going in and we have these things, but how do we start bringing more of this to the inner cities and to the kids that maybe don't have the same privileges as the families that are attending festivals and living the nomadic life? There's, that's a fantastic question. And, and there's layers, <clears throat> there's layers to that question. Did I lose you? wins but it's a one can you restart that can you restart that i lost you for all of that <laughs> oh okay from the um i was saying that we've uh for the last few years we have uh, worked with after school all-stars which is a program that works with inner city uh, children and we've you know brought them to these festivals specifically bhakti fest which is great you know it's a it's a positive experience they're experiencing yoga and organic food and conscious music um you know, uplifting hip hop uh, to be like more specific. And that's fantastic. But again, that's a one day thing. And unless that that's, <clears throat> unless that there's routines being built. Totally. You know, and so, so, and that goes not only for them, but that, that goes for the whole festival culture in general, which, you know, that is a whole other conversation is you, you create these uh, little microcosmic e events, which are fantastic and totally life transforming if for, you know, I know for me, I, I've definitely, a lot of my growth has come from that, but ultimately um, they're, they're silo experiences and we need to integrate them in our lives. So um, yeah, it, to me, it's, it's great to showcase and have those big moments, but it's really the day to day, breath by breath, moment to moment practices that matter the most. Um, and also working with the parents is really where I see the most consistent, uh, because if the parents maintain the same belief systems, right. even if their child is growing, there's going to be a, a conflict in the collective evolution. So it's, it's not a one-time thing. It really takes consistency and, and practice. So with the inner city kids, are you offering opportunities for parents as well in that space or to keep that consistency, to create that culture within the home? Or how are we, how can we really like, you know, help the parents in that realm too? So this is a great question. And, and so my vulnerable share, and I'll, 
Transparent shares that that's been a huge challenge for me personally and for the organization because I know that you could have the best photos and, and the best, you know, everyone's smiling and happy. And by the way, yes, parents do come to the events and parents are welcome to a lot of our programs. Um, but we found, I, we as a team realized that that wasn't going to be enough. And so what we're doing is building a online program that is built off, that is the Guardian's Quest program. And so that's something that will be practiced over months and years both the child and the parent and collectively. And that's a program that we plan to launch this fall. Amazing. And, yeah. And so I, I believe that it's really important to use technology because of the access um, as compared to just a physical experience that might be great in the moment, but doesn't necessarily have the carry over effects. Right. Cause you know, I, I hear this all the time with people cause people in my audience are beyond just California, you know, and here in California, we're blessed of like being such a Mecca of holistic healing and wellness and all these things. But then like, you know, these rural areas that really need the help and these spaces and the opportunity to be included you know, I think the inclusive, the inclusiveness that we need to bring from as a leader, you know, in a wellness community, how do we make it accessible to these areas that may or may not? Like, do you have this vision of seeing um, the Peace Guardians going beyond California and into more of the rural areas and, you know, going from that space to cultivate um, the community or just the event spaces to, to, to foster this movement. Yeah, 100%. I think it does start with um, the accessibility of online platforms. Mm -hmm. That's something that's becoming universal. It's, it's mm -hmm. kind of like the, uh, the even playing field as compared to being able to pay for a high price ticket to a festival or trans transportation. So definitely online. Uh, we are also, we're teaching in, in Europe this summer. Um, Amazing. Yeah, we've taught at the Green School in Bali and uh, in Hawaii. And this summer, we're working with a really amazing, you may have heard of uh, Mind Valley Uni uh, University. And we're working with uh, WOW uh, Learning Labs and my friend Judy Julen to do the youth and family component of their city university in Pula, Croatia this summer. So, yeah, we, we definitely have an international vision. And, you know, it's, um, I feel like just focusing on the quality of, of the work and, and letting um, kind of people get drawn to it is has been my ethos as compared to trying to push some big uh, expansion when we're not ready, if that makes sense. Definitely. And so I know like you you having doing the Guardian's Quest training that you're sharing um, online, but you also have this other program called Kin Flow. Yeah. And I would love to hear more about that and what the whole drive is for Kinflow. Totally, yeah. Um, really stoked to share about that. Um, so Kinflow is, I think more than anything ever in my life, is the, um, the blossoming of something that's just pure love and play and joy for me in my own personal journey and seeing how I can share that um, with others. It's like, it's like my, it's my gift that I've, that I feel like I'm, I'm bringing through. And um, yeah, essentially me and my buddy a couple years ago would just play with these aerobi discs, which are the Frisbees that are the rings mm -hmm. from the eighties. I'll try to reel in my um, 
how much I'll talk about the, the Arobi technology, but it really is an amazing uh, piece of technology that's been perfected by Alan Adler. And bottom line with, with, the, with the game is that, and also I want to give a shout out to my, my first partner before Peace Guardians was Peaceful Ninjas and my, right. my friend Shine. Uh, and I started Peaceful Ninjas together, and so I want to give a, a you know respect and and honor to him for creating something called Peace Sticks. Um, and Peace Sticks is something that um, you know he he harvests these sticks from uh, Nicaragua, and he helps uh, the locals with uh, he gives them, you know some certain labor and jobs out there, and they create these beautiful sticks and create beautiful pieces of art on them, and then they they literally just create this collaborative game of throwing the sticks back and forth sometimes one two three little kids older kids everyone can play this game and it's really all about collaboration it's about it's not about dominating it's really about how we can help each other increase the uh, joy and the flow which uh is really what kim flow is all about so we took that or say i you know was really inspired by what shine did with peace sticks and experience that with these aerobi discs. And um, to me, it went to like a whole other level of, of my joy. And then we built a entire new sport around this collaborative model that utilizes the aerobi discs. Uh, we have goals and goalies and cool jerseys. and But it really seeks to be a, a breath of fresh air in the traditional sports environment, which I come from with basketball. Um, I think sports is a fantastic outlet in the world, but I think it also becomes another uh, piece of cog in the cultural machine about ego and domination and winning and politics. And it becomes just another way to, you yes, know. And I think of it as like a kid, you know, and you'd play like handball or like Foursquare and you would like pick like your people. And I, I feel like the kids that were always picked last, that's very traumatic, you know, in that way of like, am I worthy or like, am I not enough? And in that sense, it's just that can be so tolling on a child of like not wanting to be active. I know that was definitely my story, like not wanting to be active or, you know, feeling disempowered in that way. So creating an opportunity of total collaboration, I think is so pivotal and it's so important. Totally love that. Yeah. And, and you got into movement is really, you know, kinesthetic learning is kind of a, a universal thing in all primates. Um, sitting in a desk and, you know, memorizing rote information that we don't even necessarily feel any uh, connection to our joy or purpose is not how we retain information. We retain it through playing, through falling, through running around and getting dirty. So I'm really passionate about kinesthetic learning and movement and you nailed it on the head there is that sports is a great outlet for that when it's a healthy environment and there's not that sense that you just mentioned of feeling devalued or I'm not good enough or I suck or I can't do this. How can we create it to where it's fun for everyone and everyone feels drawn to it because the movement, just the pure movement and kinesthetic learning itself is really where the value is. It's not in being a master or dominating others. That's a whole egoic structure that was created by, you know, uh, a paradigm that no longer serves us. It's just so wild to see like, you know, the fall, the fall of the old paradigm and the rise of the new and seeing like organizations like you and people who are like really aware of these things. And 
understanding like how like there's there's a serve like a, a a service that we really have to provide right now because we're so in the beginning stages of this new paradigm you know like we're really setting precedent right now and i do feel like the work that we're doing today is really like i said paving the road for what's to come and being able to share these conversations or being able to share like the missions and the visions and our passions and our truth to really end that suffering. You know, that's so long we've seen, like, I'm really interested to see what the school system is going to be, like how it's going to continue to evolve. Cause everyone that I've talked to, like, they don't want to have their kids in school anymore. Like they, yeah. they want to do homeschooling. They want to be, but not everyone has that privilege. So you know, a lot of people, they have parents that are working all the time and they can't homeschool, you know, because of the society, the way it's set up right now, while there still is some, um, some of that crumbling, there still is a massive wave that, um, you know, people are still working the nine to five and they can't do these homeschoolings. And so being able to have these activities and these opportunities, I'm just like very big on like the inclusivity and like bringing all of the opportunities for everyone and that equal representation in that way. But I'm just, I'm going to be, I'm very interested to continue as a sociologist to see mm. how this is going to um, evolve most definitely. Yeah. yeah. We're in uncharted territory and it's super exciting. The level of innovation is, is just mind blowing. Um, and I think harnessing technology is, is really important as well. Obviously that's here to stay. So, you know, using that as a, in a conscious way, I think will be a really essential piece of that evolution. Mm -hmm. As I mentioned earlier in the conversation, not a big uh, proponent of reform. And I think we're going to see these systems just kind of naturally collapse and, and new systems being built, just like you've seen in technology as well. I mean, once something's obsolete, it, we don't keep trying to bring it back up. It, we just have something that's better and superior and, and we go that way. And and that's what we're seeing. And you're right, there are certain natural um, limitations to, uh, you know, parents working in the nine to five and, and having to keep their kid in a school. But I, you know, I, I'm, I'm really hopeful and um, confident that the future of society and education is actually moving in a really cool direction. Because I mean, you just look at, you know, I'm a big fan of like Joe Rogan, for instance, and his right. podcast. And the amount of people that are like getting exposed to the information he's sharing, that was, it's exponentially more than it was five years ago, let alone totally. 20 years ago. And so information awareness is spreading. You're seeing more uh, organic options and vegan options and more yoga studios and mindfulness now is everywhere. Um, and I, it's only yeah, going to continue to grow. Only. It has yeah. to. Just because our natural biology does ultimately lead us to success and if something's not leading to success if eating you know uh crappy food and and sugar and not working out uh and being healthy isn't leading to the success of our species we're going to find better ways and and those ways are you know trickling into all aspects of our society yes so the last thing i really want to talk about because this is why i reached out to you because i got the email about it is that you guys are starting a gofundme right now Mm. to help expand the vision of Peace Guardians and the medicine and the work that you guys are doing. So I would love for you to talk about um, the drive to start the GoFundMe to really 
sustain the like the, the the vision and the movement absolutely yeah so i think the first and foremost would be the online platform building that online platform is is our focus and and it does it costs money uh, to build the back end for that, to build the strategic strategy behind that, all, all takes money. And so, um, yeah, we're looking for support to, to build the Guardians Quest online platform. And also with Kinflow itself, um, there's certain costs involved to spread that program. So we're looking to, to bring more conscious sport uh, engagement to our community and ultimately to the world. And so we're looking for support on that. And yeah, ultimately we see Peace Guardians as uh, one piece of a larger puzzle of, of positive solutions towards this new paradigm, not claiming to be the end all be all by any means, but we definitely have our heart in the right place. We've got a great team and the GoFundMe is really to build momentum towards bu uh, building these programs that were that we're already doing, but to expand them on a, on a, on a larger scale. I love that. And so all the links to the GoFundMe and everything will be in the show notes below. But um, I just want to wrap this up with a few lightning round questions for you. Okay. I love Bring that. Bring it on. Ready? <laughs> okay, what would you say has been your animal totem? Ooh. Um, hmm. Okay. So... I have a few. I have I have quite a few. I'm a, I'm a big fan of of hawks and birds and eagles. Um, the way they see and their wisdom um, is is something that I'm really drawn to. I'm more of the four-legged plane. Uh, I'm I'm a big tiger fan, and so um, definitely seeing me moving through the world in that way. And then the dragon, actually, um, I have had a deep relationship with, with dragons. And um, to be more specific, I've, through my own personal journey, uh, worked on transmuting some of my shadow and dark dragons into more light dragons. And so those Beautiful. would probably be my three. Interesting, because the dragon, they say, is like the blend of the snake and the hawk. Ooh, I've never heard that. I like yeah, that. Yeah, because it's like it's like that. It's like heaven and earth in that way, because it's like on the earth and also in the sky. Yeah, the mythology behind dragons is endless. Power, powerful. Yeah. Okay, so I probably know this question, but what was the book that really changed the trajectory of your life? Oh, that's tough. There's been so many trajectories and different ones. The the book. Um, oof. Gosh. So the tattoos that I have on my arm are from a book called The Book of Dharma. Mm -hmm. um, and this, this is a tough question because there's a lot. But just to share it real, real, real quickly here, this one, um, this is satya and it means truth. This is sattva and it means purity. This is ahimsa, it means nonviolence. And this is tapas, it means dharma. I'm sorry, it means discipline. And if I may just show you, this is dharma right here. So I I put the tattoos on my body, so that, that's my first response. And really, it's a methodology for, for leadership and, um, and one that I look in the mirror and um, try to remember every day in my own path. Mm. That's a deep, I, I want to I talk about that one another time because there's, there's many others. Yeah, amazing. Okay, so what would you say to younger Zachariah? Whoa. 
<laughs> I told you I go deep here, man. <laughs> Any more context or just keep it as open as that? What's coming through? Zachariah. Hmm. Trust is coming to mind. Not only younger Zachariah, but this Zachariah. Um, you know, that's one that always, that seems to be kind of the essence of like the needle of, of my, um, my own personal, uh, joy in life. And also how I'm able to share that with others is whether I'm really trusting or not. And I think especially younger Zachariah or Zachariah, I go either way. It's, it's totally fine. Um, is yeah, to really to know that you're you're guided and that um, to just enjoy and trust trust the process. Ah, the trust one's a big one for me too. So thanks for being that reflection in that realm. <laughs> and if you can see if like money and time and all of these 3D things weren't an option, what is the big vision you have for Peace Guardians and the future? Um, of these children? So I think I've always come back to um, seeing Peace Guardians taking on a life of its own through the children themselves. So being able to empower them through entrepreneurial skills, through building community, through building uh, sustainable gardens, and really for them to step into leadership roles at a young age. So what I would love to see is Peace Guardian hubs that are co-run by adults that have done a ton of their own inner work and children that are ready to be leaders right now mm. and to have that um, collaborative space be uh, a, a global network, both online and with physical hubs. And, and I don't even think we want to call them schools, but um, yeah, centers of awareness and, and innovation. Mm, I love that. And where can we find more of you, Peace Guardians, what you're doing? Yeah, so peaceguardians.org is the website. Also Instagram at Peace Guardians, Peace Guardians Tribe on Facebook, um, the GoFundMe as well. Um, if anyone wants to go to uh, Croatia this summer, we'll be out there June and July with Mind Valley. And we're based in Los Angeles, so the majority of our classes are here in LA. We do have open classes on uh, Mondays and uh, Wednesdays in Los Angeles, open to uh, typically homeschool students, but all students are welcome. And we're also at Manzanita in Topanga. So that's more for your local LA tribe. And then if uh, you, you know your viewers that are international, uh, peaceguardians.org and the Instagram is probably the best. Amazing. And one last question. If there's something that's on your heart right now that needs to be shared to a parent who may be having a challenging time right now, you know, with their child or whatever else is coming up, what would you share? To remember that less than 5% of the child's learning is coming from what they're saying and over 95% of it is coming from what they're transmitting on a subconscious level, which would probably lead you to taking accountability for traumas, wounds, subconscious limiting beliefs in, in our own system, and knowing that the best thing that you could do for your child is really working on your own state of being and wellness. 
Amazing. As someone who's very passionate about ancestral healing and all of that, I just really appreciate the work that you guys are doing as the Peace Guardians. I've been, like I said, I've been watching you guys since the OG days. And so it's just been, it's been really beautiful to see the evolution of your organization. And I, I just believe you guys are just scratching the surface on what's to come because there's such a demand of this and there's, you know, there's, there's awareness growing more and more every day. So go check out the Peace Guardians, everyone. And if you're a parent out there, you know, who wants to have that deeper connection with their child and understand who they are and allow them to express themselves and their truth more, like the Peace Guardians, they're really setting precedent for what's to come. And as I said, like, I'm all about cultivating conscious families and you guys are really paving and creating something really beautiful here that I'm just con excited to continue to watch this evolution and and how this is how this is evolving so if you're feeling really moved by the message here I really invite you to go check out the GoFundMe and support them so that we can really bring this medicine and the message to the kids around the country and around the world because they are our future and they're watching us they really are and they're very intelligent and they know what's up and they know that they're here to really make a big difference in the world. And so I definitely believe that it starts with us seeing that in them and helping them see that within themselves too. So thank you so much, brother, for the work you're doing. And uh, I appreciate you coming on and having this conversation. Total joy, total honor. Um, call me anytime, we'll do it again. And um, really honor the work that you're doing and, and just the safe space that you create for people to express their their deepest truths and um it's needed and and seen thank you thank you so much and thanks everyone for tuning in and we'll be catching you all soon take care i mean how inspired are you from that episode right our future is so bright Thank you so much to Zachariah and the whole Peace Guardians team for doing the work and really setting precedent for our children and the future generations to come. You know, this work is not unnoticed. Like we see you and the work that you're doing, it just warms my heart on so many levels. So if you felt really inspired or you want to learn more about the Peace Guardians, go check out the links below in the show notes and please donate to the Peace Guardians with their GoFundMe so we can bring this education out there and really empower and activate the kids because they are our future leaders and they're so wise, they know what's up and they just need our support. So if you have any sense of any way that you can provide and to support, I encourage you to do so and to go check out what they're doing. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Looking forward to catching you all soon. And if you are going to Bhakti or if you're going to Bhakti Fest on the 10th to the 12th of May, excuse me, Shakti, Bhakti's in the fall. If you're going to Shakti Fest, May 10th to the 12th out here in Joshua Tree, go check out the Peace Guardians. Let them know that you heard this episode on the Sovereign Society podcast. And yeah, I'm just so, I'm so, optimistic for what's to come best believe that we are just scratching the surface we are the ones we've been waiting for and the kids are watching and so keep it up guys keep educating these kids keep infusing more compassion and more kindness and yay humanity right <laughs> loving you all so much thanks again for tuning in and we'll be catching you soon take care satnam